Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss new facility in Florida for veterans' mental illness, new laws in Europe to help share healthcare data, and the FDA potentially adding the official list of food allergies. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 134 for the week of April 25th. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Battistelli. Before we get started, our diagnosis code for this week is Y99.1, or activity of off-duty military personnel. Wait, just like an activity, just like <laughs> yep. off-duty personnel walked into a tree. Like well, off-duty personnel his toe existed. Or her toe. Like what? <laughs> it could be a lot. If you're off-duty military personnel, uh, you are a walking diagnosis code. So yeah, anything you do could potentially be a Y99.1. But the the perks of being in the military just keep on adding up. Right. See, this is actually a recruitment podcast. Mm, so mm-hmm. if you're thinking about joining the military, go ahead and join it. You click know, the link you got below. Nothing to lose. Yeah, click the link in the bio. Right. Et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> Et yeah. So there you go. That's interesting. Speaking of first story here, right? Military. Oh, perfect Whoa. segue. Talk yeah, about military, we love perfect segues. Off-duty personnel, which are also called veterans. Veterans. And the headline is veterans mental health win. Mental health care services for Tampa area veterans will soon be more accessible. A new facility will consolidate multiple mental health programs into one 137,000-square-foot building. It will replace the smaller Psychosocial Rehab and Recovery Center, Tampa Domiciliary, and the Tampa Mental Health Clinic, and add additional services. At the new facility, veterans can get outpatient care for PTSD, substance abuse, social rehabilitation, and a number of general mental health conditions. There will also be resources for homeless veterans and those dealing with suicidal thoughts. The new campus will include an on-site lab and pharmacy. The new facility will be constructed over the next 18 months and will open in 2023. Well, that's great. Whoa. Giant facility. I like it. I'm going to play devil's advocate, and I'm going to say, is a giant facility better than, you know, a little bit more smaller satellite facilities that are a little bit more Mm. intimate? Or and a little more accessible. If they only have one big facility, that means everyone's got to go there. If they have smaller yes. satellite facilities scattered, then there's more locality there. Mm, it does look nice, but it is definitely a compound. Yeah, a compound. Oh, I mean, there you it's go. Huge. <laughs> it's it's. I mean, at least you know what. It's good to see that they're taking steps towards addressing men- the mental health of like veterans and military personnel because for years I feel like. People just sit and sit around saying like, oh, we should really do something about that and don't actually make any strides. Right. It's definitely a problem, too. It's been a problem since, I mean, well, they say since Vietnam, but even before that, like the struggle of like, you know, PTSD, stuff like that. Agreed. So mental health is a big issue. I was just playing devil's advocate. All right. I know. I know. Supporting the veterans. I agree with you. I think there should be (laughs) satellite facilities. Agreed. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully they get it done. Hopefully it's done on time. 18 months seems like a lot of time, but for this big 137-foot building. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a big building. Yeah, in this this economy? In this economy? With this inflation? I don't know. We'll see how fast they can get that done. 
Next up, we've got European medical research data sharing. The European Commission is expected to propose a new governing framework for health data next month called the European Health Data Space, EHDS, with the aim of connecting national health systems to enable the secure and efficient transfer of data across systems in different European nations. The move is expected to help promote evidence-based healthcare, spur research in developing therapies and treatments, and inform health-related policy decisions. 97% of people with a rare disease say that they are willing to share their data to help promote research into their disorder. Nearly as many are willing to share their data if it helps to advance research for diseases other than their own. EHDS aims to provide a framework that will make it easier to share healthcare data for research purposes across national borders while still maintaining sufficient data security. Its design is based on three main pillars, strong rules governing data exchanged, high quality data, and a strong infrastructure to manage the data. Three main pillars of EHDS, better pizza, better ingredients, Papa yes. John's. Papa John's, yes, <laughs> it's yes. Like, it's That's actually what... a Papa John's right. wall. Papa John's is just a front for the European health data space. <laughs> how they fund all of their like i don't know data security initiatives toppings right toppings yeah. yes right <laughs> that extra dollar you pay to add that bacon that's going towards data sharing research you didn't for know healthcare. it is for healthcare in but europe on a serious note this is good yeah. of course this is good um i guess you know sharing sharing data about rare diseases and things like that now, obviously, you know, they could go down the risk route, but I don't think that this is necessarily something that is as risky as it sounds, especially as yeah. if if people are willing to share their data about their rare diseases anyways. Um, in the name of research, that kind of has to happen. So I'm glad that the patients are on the same page as like yeah. what it seems like the government is starting to get on the same page with. So right. that's good. Right. Hopefully it works out. I don't know if there's something like this that's required. I mean, Europe seems to be like on the cutting edge of, of, you know, privacy and healthcare mm -hmm. related legislature lately. So I wonder if this is going to trickle down and the United States is going to do something as well like this. But I don't necessarily know how it would relate. Maybe it's through states because there's yeah. nations because we're the United States. So we're already, you know, it's not necessarily we're all one big country, not multiple countries in the union. So I don't know. Yeah, interesting. Next up, the FDA editing food allergy list. Oh my gosh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration issued draft guidance that, when finalized, will outline the agency's approach to evaluating the public health importance of food allergens that are not one of the major nine food allergens identified by law in the U.S. Currently, the major food allergens are milk, eggs, fish, crustacean shellfish, tree nuts, peanuts, wheat, and soybeans, though there are more than 160 foods that are known to cause allergic reactions. Sesame becomes the ninth major food allergen effective January 1st, 2023. The draft guidance describes the approach the FDA generally intends to take when evaluating the public health importance of a non-listed food allergen. It includes a discussion of key scientific factors such as prevalence, severity, and allergenic potency that the FDA intends to consider in its evaluations. The draft guidance also provides the FDA's recommendations for identifying and evaluating 
the relevant body of evidence to determine the public health importance of a non-listed food allergen. Sesame, well, welcome yeah. to the team, I guess. Team? Yeah, yeah, I get, yeah, team is a word. Yeah, the, the allergen team. Maybe that's what like the guardians should have named themselves, the allergens. Ooh, the they pop up every the they pop up every spring. They're always disappointing. Like oh, you're talking about <laughs> yeah, the, the Cleveland baseball team, <laughs> the the allergens of the of the galaxy. <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> the allergens of the galaxy. The Cleveland yes. allergens. Ooh, I like that though. Right. I wonder what the other 160 allergens are. Oh, I don't know, but I'm but I'm pretty sure I'm allergic to all of them. No, I'm kidding. I'm not allergic to any food. I'm allergic to everything outside, though. I'm allergic to BS, Albert. Ooh. That's it. I like it. And with that, let's go into our next segment. B-R-E-A-C-H. Breach Patrol. It's a breach. All of the latest cybersecurity breaches. Welcome to Breach Patrol. We talk about the latest breaches all across the world. Oh, my good golly gosh. Albert. Federal warning about new hacking tools. Advanced persistent threat, APT actors, have developed tools made specifically for targeting industrial control systems, ICS, and supervisory control and data acquisition, SCADA devices. The Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, along with the FBI, issued an advisory to alert critical infrastructure entities about the APT cyber tools. The energy sector is most vulnerable to these exploits, but the advisory urged all critical infrastructure organizations to implement detection and mitigation measures. The agency directed organizations towards its ICS security best practices and resources and urged all critical infrastructure entities to adopt defense in-depth strategies to improve ICS security. CISA also recommended that organizations implement a rigorous cyber incident response plan, enforce the principle of least privilege, and maintain offline backups. CISA. Um, CISA. Anything with the has a lot of acronyms. There's so many. So, ATP actors. So hackers, in yep. other word, are targeting specific systems called industrial control systems and supervisory it, control and data acquisition devices. SCADA. SCADA. Um, so apt is attack is targeting ICS and SCADA. Yeah. So right. if you're yes, according to you're the FBI off. and CISA. Right. Which is the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The Very easy to follow along. Right. Um, obviously, this is if you know anything about anything, this is easy to understand. Um, sure. Basically, the FBI is just putting out another warning about a new type of attack of right. a shift in focus on specific systems from hackers. Yeah. Um, uptick. So watch out. Uh -oh. Next, breach unnoticed for over one whole year. No way. Newman Regional Health in Emporia, Kansas, disclosed a data breach that impacted 52,224 individuals. The 25-bed critical access hospital said that an unauthorized actor gained access to a limited number of email accounts between January 26, 2021 and November 23, 2021. It is unclear when Newman Regional Health first discovered the breach. Whoa. The notice on its website stated that the hospital's data breach investigation concluded on March 14, 2022. The email accounts 
contain names, medical record numbers, treatment information, employee information, some social security numbers, and financial information, and more. Wow. Newman Regional Health also provided information about checking a child's credit and identity theft of a deceased person. The hospital recommended that individuals review its provided identity theft information to mitigate risk. Um, provided information about checking a child's credit. Now, I don't know about you, but like how many like eight-year-olds have like a strong credit history? They've got <laughs> like, a visa. <laughs> right. Right. They're really, uh, they're, they're starting them early, I guess. They apply for a credit card. The bad actor gets the credit card info or gets their credit information and yep. he's just like, ah, he's eight, but I mean, he's very financially responsible. So he's, he's ahead of his age because really they don't teach anything about finances in high school, but, but this eight year old or this, you know, child definitely he's ahead of his time. Yeah. So no, sure. no problems there for sure. We're going to give him this credit card. Uh, yeah. 52,000. Yikes. Yeah. That's a lot and for over a year, potentially without any kind of mm -hmm. indication, man, dropping the ball, Newman, Newman. It's I hard mean, to say Newman without saying it like Jerry. <laughs> Who knows what happened? It could have been a access to, you know, that just says they gain access to an, a number of email accounts. So my, 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 Thought goes to a phishing email campaign. Yeah, probably to multiple uh, workforce members um, within the mm -hmm. hospital, and they all fell victim to it. So they have access right. to all of those emails. Right. Yeah, um, which is bad. Don't click on unrecognized links. Nice, sing it. Yep, that's our new album. Right, titled "Unrecognized Links." It's important. It'll be, check out my SoundCloud. It'll be out later this year. To breach or not to breach? <laughs> to breach or not to breach? Following a breach of its systems in January, Okta has, ooh, Okta, we're back with Okta again. I love follow-ups. Okta has released a forensic report finding the threat group Lapsus, yes, accessed just two active customers via a third-party company. Lapsus, with a dollar sign, actively controlled a single workstation used by a Cytel support engineer with access to Okta resources on January 21st. While just two customers were accessed, many more users might have been affected, as Okta has 15,000 customers, but over 100 million individual users. Okta terminated its relationship with Cytel and promised to strengthen audit procedures for other contractors. The company is also going to directly manage the devices of third parties with access to computer support tools so that they can respond more effectively to incidents. Finally, Okta will be adopting new systems to help communicate more rapidly with customers on security issues. Dun, 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 dun. Mm -hmm. Lapsus, the villain of the piece, back again. Lapsus. We mm -hmm. talked about this before. We talked about Lapsus. We talked about Okta. Yeah. We talked about all this stuff, but it just seems like it's getting more and more they're yep. understanding what happened. Yep. Um, so in this case, it's two breaches. Right. But one from Settle and one yep. from Okta. Yeah. But but it could very well affect over 100 million people. Mm. Mm. So we'll see. Bad news bears. Bad news bears. This Octa stuff just gets worse and worse. Lapsus is out there, man. Careful. 
It's like the boogeyman. Lapsus is coming. Yeah, watch out. Watch it. Under your bed, in your closet, lapsus. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's scary. Who knows? Yes. Sure. Who knows? Anyone could be hacked. It doesn't matter. It could be a big company, it could be a small company. Whatever you need to do, scary stuff. Mm -hmm. Which is why it's so important to make sure that your cybersecurity is up to date. Right. And that's it for this weekly wrap up of your healthcare news. I'm Matt Moneypenny. And I'm Albert Battistelli. Uh, well, see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Bandage Podcast produced by eTactics.